Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Toogie's Take Podcast. We are back again to talk about everything going on in the world of hockey. I am here with Mr. Sin for the win. And Mr. Endo Mills here as well. Taking a bite of a sandwich? That's an uncrustable, sir. That's a pita. Oh, <laughs> you're less cool now. Fuck you. Uncrustable? Uncrust <laughs> yourself. With Manscaped, you can use code Toogie at checkout for 20% off your order and free shipping. We want to thank Manscaped, the official sponsor of the Toogie Steak Podcast. Of course, we thank them very, very much as always. Manscaped, get the best tools for the job. Go to get checkout. 20% off. Free shipping. Take care of yourself as we head into the fall. You might think, oh, it's about time to start making sure I'm a bit warmer. No, it's not. You hold on to summer. You hold on to it. Sin's holding on to it. It's been like 112 degrees in California. Not by choice, motherfucker. <laughs> it is so hot here, man. Oh, I, um, I'm, I'm surprised you're, you're like, I don't know if I could do anything if it was that hot. Did I show you the uh, reading on my uh, my thing yesterday? I probably didn't. No, if, if you have no reaction. No, so I got, I got an AC in my room, and I have, obviously, the normal AC. So it got up to 115 yesterday, which was record-breaking. Um, and uh, in, my inside temperature peaked at uh, 93 degrees with my two ACs going. So again, wow. that is uh, that is an inside the the home temperature of thirty three point eight Celsius for those of you outside of the U.S. Um, Finns hate life. Just hearing that, fucking hell. Yeah, it was brutal. Absolutely awful. So, Sid, I'm glad you could be here today. We got some questions, of course, as always, that I think you're gonna like, and we get to talk about the sharks in a somewhat positive way, kind of. We'll get to that in a moment. But again, welcome to the podcast, Manscaped. You know the whole deal. Things just kind of came together pretty fast. Uh, but yeah, we do have viewer questions, as we always do. Again, for those of you listening, watching, whatever, in the description is the link to my Discord. There is the viewer questions section. And you can ask a question like these fine people have and did here today. We start off with the Reds Rebels. This one is uh, uh, very much directed towards me. Um uh-huh. Based at the the no timing of this podcast, <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. So I heard he like scrolled down. <laughs> yeah, so this this game literally just went final. Reds Rebels asking, should Liverpool sack their manager Jurgen Klopp, seeing as they've had their worst start in multiple years, and at the time of writing, they're down three one to Napoli in their first <laughs> Champions League game. Uh, jokes on you, they lost four to one, and no, they should no, they should not get rid of him. That would be a horrific, horrific mistake. You do not. Fire someone after years of success at the first real sign of issues. Now, they did have issues a couple years ago in the Champions League when they finished fourth. Uh, Of course, there were a lot of injuries involved in that at the time. That was a little bit more understandable. Uh, You don't do what Chelsea did today and fire the guy who won them the Champions League like a year ago. Um, Yeah, no, absolutely not. I would be furious if he were to be fired. To put this into hockey terms... For Sin and for X-Tech, it would be like Pittsburgh firing Mike Sullivan if they started off the season poorly after winning back-to-back Stanley Cups. Yeah, or it would be like um, getting rid of Andre Vasilevsky if he goes like 
five games, letting in like eight goals in a row. Yeah. Yeah. My comparison was worst. It'd be like firing <laughs> firing Gerard Gallant at the first sign of issues when he just, you know, when he gave you all that. Say, oh, wait. There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, you, you kind of get it. I mean, the Gallant comparison's fair with the exception of the lack of success, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Our first real question of the day from RG Dust, because why the hell not? Would you rather fight a predator or a Canadian goose? Predator meaning like a lion or a cheetah, etc. So would you rather fight a predator or a predator? <laughs> right, because a Canadian goose, for those who do not know. Now, again, I live in Maine, so I'm, I'm well aware because these fuckers travel south a little bit. Uh, these motherfuckers are territorial. They were all over they, Finland, too, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> they... They're not a fan of you encroaching on their territory whatsoever. Um, very, very territorial. I get to see some when I just, I dude, I get to drive down the road and they'll just be chilling on the side of the road. <laughs> I live in a weird place. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm going to take my chance with a fucking goose as opposed yeah. to a lion or a cheetah for fuck's sake. But I get the point of saying that Canadian geese are not to be messed with. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, here in Canada, they're both predators. So, like, you're kind of screwed, honestly. <laughs> the the um, Canadian's greatest predator, the goose. <laughs> the goose. Step aside, <laughs> moose. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. Man. When, we got when you bears. Face, yeah. mm, it's all about them geese. <laughs> you want the Canada gooses? You got a problem with Canada gooses? You probably problem with me. I suggest let that one marinate. Oh, God. Oh, Leonard Kenny. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm taking my chance with a goose. Like, they're, I mean, the the geese here where I am, they're less terrifying than the Canadian geese. Um, yeah. Like, they hiss at you and shit. Sometimes they'll attack, but like, I don't know. But to be fair, in Finland, we did feed some of those Canadian geese at a, at a park, and they were chill then. Although when you got too fucking close, they hissed. Like, even as you're feeding them, yeah. they still hiss at you oh, as you fed them, dude. Like, yeah, like yeah thank mean. you, you fuck for feeding yeah. me. I'm so appreciative. Get away. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but, but I mean, it was the time of the year where they all had young too, so like I get it. Like, That's I, the problem. Yeah, you goddamn youth. You can feed me, just don't don't get too close. Yeah. Oh, god. Like, I get the idea of comparing a goose to a cheetah. Is there anyone who would actually be like, yeah, I'm gonna take on this fucking cheetah as opposed to yep. taking your chances with a. Like a cheetah isn't that huge. Like to be fair, it could probably still fuck you up, but like it's not that huge. Um, a lion, like what? The, yeah, no. Like when you think a predator, like lions, like you die instantly. Tigers, you die instantly because actually, what tigers do is that when they bite you, their teeth have like these uh, really like Ser- sensitive like nerves serrated edges. No, they? no, they 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 check your pulse when they bite at you, and then they'll reposition and go right for your carotid. So at least it's All quick, right. but all yeah. right, I'm uh, I'm never leaving my house again. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ! Yeah, that's Tigers what we need on fierce, every man. show. Welcome everybody to the first edition of Sin's Animal Facts. We'll see you <laughs> next week. Feel free to load up on the questions. Yeah. Oh, our next question though from PK Suban enthusiast. What the hell does that even mean? Okay. <laughs> it's just me. It's just me. He's an old school an... guy. He thinks slew footing's good. How can you be an enthusiast of a person though? <laughs> like 
Like you can be a <laughs> skiing true. enthusiast because yeah. it's a match. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he just yeah. He just PK Superman's. He runs around tripping pools, man. Okay, I mean, a person who is very interested in a particular activity or subject, so... Just close on the stand. Fucking hell, like... A person can be a subject, so I guess it makes sense. Similar fan, fanatic, okay, it makes sense, but... You think of enthusiasts, like, yeah, I like cars, not like, yeah, I like... This This specific person... (laughs) Oh. oh god you get 10 million for life however you'll need to have derrick henry running back of the tennessee titans come at you and stiff arm you every day for the rest of your life at any time of day would you take it yeah fuck yeah kidding me maybe what? i have been like a week of pain versus like having fucking money yeah we see like what happens when you're 80 and that fucker just kills you right no, there's, a good certain, life. there's a certain age where you're not bouncing back from that yeah. Good. I don't want to be around them by then. Jesus. At the same <laughs> time, at the same time, oh, he's 28. Fuck's sake. Yeah, he's only a month older than me. Um, ah, fuck. Well, I was just assuming it's always prime Derrick Henry. Or does he age with you? <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> if he ages with you, it might be okay. Yeah. Because honestly, I'd take it if he ages with me. Uh, because what? that fucker's going down quicker than I am with the sport he plays. Sorry. Yeah, he's he's got some but miles. The reality on him, right? is like so. <laughs> so so here's the here's the part where he gets special. By the time that he hits a certain age, a clause comes in, and his kid joins him. Well, here so you get my double whammy. So it's like one it's... on the left side, one on the right. Just go through with the fucking fusion dance, like fucking Dragon Ball Z. Just go through. You're done. You're toast. My thought was, it's kind of like the snail question. <laughs> Where it's like, oh, if yeah. a snail touches you, you die. So it's like, if I'm if I'm in an airplane, you put the pressure on him. <laughs> Bro, he's in the fucking flight suit, just up, up going at you, just going like, I'm coming, sucker! I'm coming! <laughs> like, can I Taylor Swift this bitch and just take an airplane anywhere the fuck I want at a moment's notice? To That's avoid he's on the flight. Oh. He's on the flight. No, he's at the same time, he's your stewardess. He's on the time, <laughs> I think I have a way out of this because if he is obligated to stiff arm me every day, I just move outside of America, and then he would be required to constantly be outside of America. To which point, the Tennessee Titans ownership would have to buy out this clause and give me my ten million dollars. So that he will stop and actually have time to fucking play football. Fucking Listen. went for it. You know what? We're ending it right there. That that's that's a terrific, terrific. checkmate, atheists. Yeah, <laughs> go fuck yourselves. <laughs> John Ham is your Jesus. From uh, Hawks, what is the most underrated snack of all time? Hmm. Endo. I mean, do you feel like right? popcorn isn't appreciated enough? I make it appreciated. I bring it every every goddamn episode. I swear to God, like if I could, I would spend that ten million from the last question just on popcorn. Honestly, <laughs> I would do that. Honestly, you know, you have no fucking idea. I I had an actual idea to um, get a popcorn machine in here, like one of those old school, old fashioned ones, so you that should. way you can just pull up and yeah. Honestly, it's worth the investment because you can just, just buy that it from noise a- in the background of every podcast. It's Endo's popcorn machine. Yeah, it's not waking rip ass and be like, no, it's the popcorn, honey. Don't worry. Uh, let me see. Favorite snack? Pretzels. I don't know. I like a good pretzel. 
under that. You know what? Those I, I would say those are underrated. You yeah, know? I agree. I agree. Pretzels are bomb, man. Damn. Yo, you know what's really good? Dipping pretzels in cream cheese. Ooh, what the fuck? You had me at you, know, you had me. You had me at dipping, and you say cream cheese, and I'm like, I don't, you don't know, like cream I'll cheese. Give it a shot. Dip it in like chive and onion dude, cream I cheese. Dude, I fucking man. love cream cheese. Sometimes I'll just grab a spoon of cream cheese, and I'll just be like, don't. And then no, I'll grab, shut no, no, shut your mouth, you shut your mouth. Let me finish. Let me finish. I'll grab the cream cheese, and I'll grab nachos, and just go through it. It's right through. It's great. Okay, fine. Yeah, I combine the two, but like my mouth is the mixer. My mouth is the. Is the <laughs> my one of those is the mixer <laughs> episode title? Um, you're <laughs> you're one of those guys that buys that fucking peanut butter and jelly in the same jar, aren't you, Endo? No, I actually don't. I don't oh. like peanut butter and or jelly. I like Nutella though. I had too much peanut butter and jelly oh. as a kid, so I if can't. If there's stand chocolate it. on my balls, does that make it Nutella? <laughs> <laughs> Sid, what's your uh, most underrated snack, buddy? <laughs> this is a tough one, man. Yeah. Chocolate on his balls. Jesus. I think, honestly, <laughs> for me, I don't know if this is they're underappreciated, but I think salt and vinegar chips are absolutely elite. And I feel like they're oh, hated yeah. by some, by some people. Take. Yeah. And if you say it with a, with a certain access, it gives you an excuse to get a quick card for the moment. Like, they're just so good, salt and vinegar chips. Like, they just slap so hard. God, and I feel like not a lot of people appreciate them. They're going to go for barbecue. They go for, like, that cheddar cheese bullshit from Rachel's or, like, sour cream and onion. And I feel like salt and vinegar is always left off that list. This is a tough damn question. I'm going to go with my more recent answer. And I will generalize it. By saying Teddy Grahams. But there is this company that makes essentially an adult version of a Teddy Graham. Um, How do you adult up a Teddy Graham? By stuffing a shitload of protein in it. (laughs) Ah, I see. Protein? I thought you were going to say it was was like an edible. I'm like, Jesus, dude. I mean, they might have that version of it, too. Um, But it's a company called, I think, Kodiak Cakes. Um, They make a bunch of different stuff. But yeah, they have these like, and pro- yeah, and they have these. Ba- they are basically Teddy Grahams called Bear Bites. I'm addicted to them. Absolutely is that the one, addicted to. Them. Is that the one snack you kept talking about like last year? It's like I want to be yeah. sponsored by them. <laughs> yeah. Yes. When, when, <laughs> when I go over the main, I'm not sure when. You gotta, you gotta let you gotta let me try some of those. Like they, I gotta try it. Good man, they're good. Absolutely. Um, that's a that's a tough one though. I mean, I mean, Jesus, look at my face. I like snacking. Yeah. Um, that, it's tough to, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Thanks. sorry. No, I, I was, I was catching up to your first thing that you said, sir. I know, uh, I, know. I, know. <laughs> I know, it's okay. Uh, oh, we're too close. Jesus Christ, Fuck, beautiful. Uh, from AJ, your first live mm. NHL game experience. Do you remember mm. it? What do you recall? Uh, Sin, I'll, I'll defer to you first. Do you remember oh, your first? This. I thought I, I know I talked about it when Maybe I was we did on, but, when I was yeah. a guest the first time I was a guest on this show back uh, before Endo came along. Mm. Um, yeah, the good uh, old days. Sukab, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jesus oh. Christ, <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. So um, yes, I was. Love I you. can't remember if the Sharks were at the Cow Palace at this time or if it was SAP Center, but I was like 
seven years old, I want to say. It was like 96, 97. So you could probably look it up. They may have been at the uh, where the now SAP Center is. Um, and yeah, they played the Avalanche. And, you know, there's Peter Forsberg, Joe, like all those fuckers, and Patrick Wannette. And the Sharks got shut out uh, two to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a fight in the first 12 seconds of the game between Sandus Ozelinch, who was on the Sharks at that point, and someone else. Um, I Let me see if I can. Was. Fi- Let me see if I can find this. Tony Granado was on the team. I remember he got hit against the boards, and his helmet kind of like flopped off a little bit, and he like did like a thing, and it came back on. I have weird like glimpses. I remember Mike Vern. Was it Vernon in that at that time? It might- yeah, I think so. So it might have been 97 then, uh, or 98. Let's see. Sandus Ogilinch yeah, had. Oh, I'm double checking. Mm. Hockey fights. Let's see. I'm oh, looking, looking for here. the exact date. I'm That's looking. Wild. Let's see. He had one fight in 97, 98. It was against Col, or it was for Colorado against Arizona, though. Oh, so it must. Shit. When the hell was he back? Uh, when was he on the Sharks? Because I know he was on the Sharks. Uh, let's see. He had a fight in 2000, 2001. That was no, for Carolina. Yeah. So, yeah, it must not have been him. Sorry, to, sorry to poke holes. <laughs> it was a long Shit. time ago. Yeah, it was. I don't know. Maybe it was a zoo. Huh. Anyway. Yeah, maybe it wasn't. I don't know. Well, someone... His whole childhood was a lie. <laughs> Shit. Just fed yeah, anyway, through MKUltra. I, I remember that, yeah. And it was a shutout from Patrick Waugh. Like... God, I will see if I can look up Patrick Watt shutouts. There you go. He had God. Let's <laughs> see. Yeah, good luck. You're gonna be weeding through Patrick Watt shutouts. Let me see. So Patrick Watt career shutouts. Shout out to StatMuse.com. Uh, holy shit! All right, this might be more tough to find. Than I thought. Yeah, it was somewhere in like '96, '97, '98 around Ooh. that time. All right, let's see. Did he play for Colorado at the time? Or are you sure it was Montreal? No, 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 no. Yeah, it was Colorado because I don't think they had interleague play at that time. Yeah, that's a fair. That's a fair point. Okay, one hundred percent. It was Colorado. What we have for Patrick Wash shutouts. I will allow Endo to take over, and I am going to try to find <laughs> this game from Sin's childhood. So I already talked about this on extension of the uh, the podcast several times. Uh, this was oh, the yeah, episode. Right. This is the game when um, Claude Giroux. Hit the fucking Datsuk on Jonas Gossipson. And it was the first hockey game that I went to. Uh, also, the, the first jersey that I ever got, the first hockey jersey I ever got, was custom with my last name on it, uh, double O in the back, because I'm, I'm a fucking baller. Uh, and uh, first first overtime, first shootout. I might <clears throat> I might have found it. Oh, my God. I <clears throat> might have found it. Uh, sorry to cut you off there, Endo. No, I okay. might have found that's, it. Let me see. That's more important. Anyway, that's more important. March twenty first, nineteen ninety eight. Sharks lose two to nothing in a Patrick Wash shutout. Uh huh. Goal that scored like by it. third period. Valeri Kaminsky, John Clem. Uh, fifteen penalty minutes for the Sharks. For the Avs, seventeen for the Sharks. Let's see. Does I have fight info? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep digging. Santa Ogilance was in the lineup for Colorado. Oh, so it must have been he was on Colorado then. Weird. He must have just come from the Sharks then? Because I know he was on the Sharks. Right, I'm going di- to dig deeper. I'm going to dig deeper. I'm going to move it over to hockey reference. Endo, continue your story. <laughs> yeah, so it was the day of his um, day that Claude Giroux got hurt. 
uh, I think it was the day before, he was having a wrist issue. And then this this guy just pulls out a clean Datsuk. I'm looking at the clip right now, so it's like fresh my memory. It mm. was uh, March 10th, 2012. Back when that Leaf team was absolutely garbage. Yeah, that was a rough time in Leafs history. Yeah, and he almost knocked the ball right out of the back of the net over there. You can see me in the back uh, of there. It was the only goal that was scored in that shootout. The only goal that won in the entire game. Like, oof, beautiful. You can see me at the top of my uncle. My uncle's sitting down in the back, like, so he's a big guy. He's sitting back like this, like looking back. I'm like, oh, wow, you really enjoyed that game, huh, Indy? Huh? I'm like, yeah, it was great. It was awesome. It was great to be here. But said I was like a lot louder. Like, yeah, it was great. It was awesome to be here. Oh my god. Like, yeah. So. So I don't know for sure if this was the game because I don't see an Ozilin fighting major. It might but not be there, him. There like, was a game March twenty first, ninety eight, where Patrick Waugh shut out San Jose. That's gotta nothing. be it. That I know there was it, a right? fight. Like, yeah. God, that Sharks lineup, by the way. <laughs> oh, it was rough. Oh my God. So let's see. Uh, Mike Vernon was in goal for that one. Okay. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, let's see. Uh, who the fuck? Time on ice leaders. On defense, Marcus Ragnarsson, Todd Gill, yes. Bill Holder, and Owen Let's Nolan, go. Jeff Friesen, Mike Ricci. Woo. A very young Patrick Marlowe played 13 minutes that night. <laughs> yeah, baby. Oh, the good old days. Good old days. Um, For me, I like, okay, so like flat out, and I've talked about like family history a lot too. I got to go to a game or two when I was super young. I don't really remember much about it. Uh, and then my family's financial situation changed a lot. Uh, my dad was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, pretty much took away his ability to work for a living. Um, so, yeah, our financial situation changed when I was eight, nine years old. It's not like we were super fucking well off. It's like we went from lower middle class to middle class to definitely lower middle class, if not lower than that, for a good amount of my childhood. Um, so the one that I, I can really like vividly remember was the first time that I was able to pay to take my dad to a Bruins game. And I do believe, if I'm not mistaken, let me confirm this thanks to Hockey Reference, but I'm pretty sure it was the season opener for the Bruins in the uh, 2012-2013 season. They played the Tampa Bay Lightning, I do believe, or was it the season before? I am trying to get confirmation on this. It was 13-14. Mm. Oh, my God. Um, Yeah, I got that game right here. So that was October 3rd, 2013. A beautiful day where the Bruins won three to one. And it was uh, it was just a damn good time. It's a damn good time. Milan Lucic scored that game, which was awesome. Bergeron scored a shorthanded goal. Who did you guys play? It was Tampa. Sorry. Oh, Tampa. Tampa. Yeah. Um, There was a, uh, as I'm seeing here, a a fight between Sean Thornton and Pierre Cedric Cedric Labrie. There was also a fight, and this is what I remembered, and I wanted to make sure, where Jerome Ginla fought Radko Gudis. Oh, wow. I get to see Jerome Ginla as a Bruin, so I was was pumped, man. I was pumped. But even at that stage of his career, that is still not uh, even trade. <laughs> <laughs> but Ginlo didn't give a fuck, dude. That's what I loved about him. Yeah, Tuka, I thought you were gonna say- Tuka stopped thirty-two of thirty-three because Tuka Rask is the best goalie in Bruins history, and yep, the majority of the Bruins fan base didn't fucking deserve him. 
Gonna get oh my that up God. there. Endo, you were saying? <laughs> Party of Dice, like, my dad fought another guy, and we won, <laughs> and we all clapped. <laughs> No, that would have been that'd fun. be a true Boston story right there. <laughs> well, so I don't remember if it was this game or another one that we went to that season. Um, but I went to three games that season, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that was the first one. I don't. God, what was the other one? I think they played Columbus or something like that. There was, and I gotta try to find this because it was. It was an overtime winner. I don't remember against who, but the guy behind me went like the the forward fist pump, like, yeah, and he caught my fucking glasses, and I thought somebody punched me. My glasses went flying three rows in front of me. This is no no. fucking lie. Um, Yeah, that was was an experience. I think that was a Lucic overtime winner. I could try to track that down. And I know I went to another game at the end of that regular season, uh, where the Bruins played Buffalo, uh, and that was a game where Sabres goalie Matt Hackett left the game early. Um, yeah, that was a good season for me in terms of getting the games. But um, yeah, no, that was that was my that that's the first one I can really remember. The other the other ones that I went to, like I said, I would have been six, seven, eight ish, and I I can't like I remember being there, but in terms of details, fuck all. So yeah, there you go. And our final question from Jared the Rabbit, which will kind of bring us into our general topics for today. How do you feel? There you go. So how do you feel? First and foremost, uh, we'll talk about the Vegas jersey. He said, how do you feel about the leaked Golden Knights and Sharks uniforms? So Um, DH gate uh, Canucks jersey. I was just going to say that. It just looks like the (laughs) skate Canuck jersey with Vegas written on it in stupid letters because Rangers and Canes and now everyone's got to do it. Minimal, minimal, minimal. I don't mind it because in comparison to like the red reverse retro or the mustard jersey that they're running with a lot, I think this is the best jersey they've come out with since the original two. Is that saying a ton? No, but I do I do like this jersey quite a bit, and I also like the very tacky sword on the pants. Um, I, like, I like their white jerseys, actually, the, their original white jerseys. Mostly yeah, because I own both uh, Vegas home and road jerseys because they're really it, nice. It's the white gloves for me that do it. I liked that aspect of those uh, those away kits the most. That's fair. Endo, your thoughts on the Vegas? You just kind of agree, like, yeah, it's a it's a Canucks jersey. DHK uh, Canucks skate jersey. You ask for one thing, you get another one. <laughs> I remember a few years ago, there was a bar down post, because of course there is. Um, it was about how someone ordered a jersey online, and they asked for a, I think they asked for a Philadelphia Flyers, and then they got a... <laughs> they got a, I think it was either a Pittsburgh Penguins jersey in the colors of the Flyers, and it had like a weird ass last name on the back. It was something fucked like that. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was like completely the opposite of what they asked for. And it's like, yeah, that's DHK for you. Fair enough. Uh, and then yeah. there is the, sorry, I didn't have anything to add to that. <laughs> no, and then. That's not- there is the proposed Sharks uniform, which if you guys didn't see it, I did just put it in our group chat there, um, which pretty much eliminates like the black pants and goes with a very, very much teal look for the Sharks that I would need to see more of to properly make up my mind. But yeah, the yeah, proposed look of what's out there so far 
um, which you guys which you guys can find at Pro Shop Hockey on Twitter. It's not bad, but at the same time, I would need to I would need to see it in a, in a different light, so to it's speak. But I don't hate like, it. Well, to me, like at least what I saw, it's just like a time machine. They're just kind of going back in time with it. I think they would need to alter it and modernize it a bit, maybe hybridize it a little yeah. bit, because I I don't like the idea of just being like, hey, our new rebrand is what we used to wear. Like, I mean, it's fitting. We're going to be shit for the next couple of years, so might as well have the shit jerseys. uh, The jerseys on from when we were shit, but... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Like, I didn't mind the black pants look for them. If they were going to go super old school, silver being included would be really nice. So, I I don't know. More of the silver or gray, whatever. Yeah. So, I I don't hate it, but I also don't think it's like oh my god they are immediately jumping to the best look in, in the sport yeah like it's still one in my opinion that old logo is like one of the best logos in any sport but yeah you gotta have a nice jersey around it and another great news for the sharks in they yeah, signed Savechnikov. fucking plan the parade oh what do you mean it's evgeny <laughs> it's evgeny Bootleg Svechnikov. Uh, yeah, if uh, it's yeah, our mine and Tugi's text exchange about that was goddamn hilarious. <laughs> As is every text exchange. Yeah, you should have been there, chat. Oh God, <laughs> but yeah. So former uh, first round pick, nineteenth overall of the Red Wings in twenty fifteen. He spent last season with the Winnipeg Jets, seventy two games, nineteen points. Gets a chance with the Sharks. This is exactly the type of guy that the Sharks would just be like, yeah, let's give him a chance type of thing. Um, he had injury can, troubles. Like, it's, you know, you might be able to fix him. I mean, he has shown yeah. talent, but definitely yeah. had some injury troubles and just never really been able to take that step. Yeah, I really think about that Oveshkin fight a lot. Or was that? No, that was that was that was Andre. No, was it? Oh, was it? <laughs> oh, Andre? Yeah. oh, fuck! I forgot. I couldn't. I'm like, wait, yeah, I had to double take right there because I was like, ah, oh. wrong, Svechnikov. Ah, <laughs> 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 Svechnikov. <laughs> Whatever the hell. God. Yeah. So interesting times for the Sharks. Uh, interesting times as well for hockey in general because, much like the World Juniors, there was a tournament that took place that got very, very little attention compared to what it probably should have had. Yeah. Talking about talking about the women's world's championship where Canada did beat the U S to win gold. They became the first nation to win gold at the Olympics and the world championships in the same year. And unfortunately, I don't think a lot of people were even aware that this was taking place until the tournament was kind of overshadowed by the fact that hockey Canada CEO, Scott Smith was out on the ice presenting the gold medals to the team. Yeah. You know, While everything else is going on, so just kind of acting like nothing to see here, business as usual. So that was kind of gross, and it's good to see they're kind of taking the approach and not giving a damn. But um, yeah, kind of as was tradition, the U.S. beat Canada in the preliminary rounds, and Canada ended up beating them for gold. Um, For the U.S. side of things, Hillary Knight became the all-time leading scorer at the Women's World Championships with 87 points. She passes Haley Wickenheiser. And uh, the Chechia squad won bronze for the very first time. So they're coming congrats. up, man. Congrats to them. Like I, they're, you know, they're making waves in international hockey quite a bit. And of course, yeah, on both sides. Yeah, and of course, the best uh, Czech guy of all time is playing. You know, Tomas Hurdle. Fair enough. So, <laughs> all in all, I had to bring it back to the Sharks. But yeah, all in all, yeah, I mean, 
I, I'll be completely honest. I barely heard about this tournament. I, I barely did, and it sucks. I would have liked to have been able to follow it a little bit more, but in terms of how it was marketed, like you're talking about someone like me who is very much like plugged into the scene of the hockey world, it started on August 25th and finished on September 4th, and I yep. didn't hear about it until it was over. Endo, your yeah. thoughts. Oh, man, I have a lot to say about this. Uh, and a lot I can really Respect whamming. Respect whamming. Um, one of them is I can't believe you couldn't have gotten anybody else affiliated with Hockey Canada except for the CEO who was, the most, who was in the most hot water. You grabbed literally the most controversial, controversial person inside of Hockey Canada's like, company at the moment besides people who did what they did. They know who they are. Um, let me see what else. Uh, TSN did very little promotion for it. Very little promotion at all. But meanwhile, over here in Canada, you'd hear literally everything about the World Juniors. It was all over the place. Every ad I'd get on fucking Twitter or Twitch would be just World Juniors, World Juniors, World Juniors. I'm like, okay, this is fine. And if you're going to do that shit for the, for them, you got to do that for the women. I don't care. The The women's game is growing in Canada. It's always been the biggest, if not like a step down. But you're treating as if it's like it's like... Uh, like a third-class citizen. Meanwhile, the women's team has had more success than the males' team over the past ten years. Like you, you can't just you can't just throw something on it and then, especially whatever that's going on right now, and just be like, oh, we're just gonna leave it that way, you know, just not do anything to improve it or make it better for anybody, you know, just spit on the ground of of where they're walking at. You could have literally grabbed Haley Wickenheiser or any other former uh, like Canadian athlete who's obviously Haley's the, the the big one. You could have grabbed anybody like Sammy Joe Small, uh, uh, Pascal Campbell, or whatever. Like Campbell Pascal, like you could do anybody, anybody, and they did they did nothing except just the same old like road of going through. Another thing too is what I think we're gonna talk about this later. I'm not sure about uh, Sarah Nurse getting uh, eighty uh, getting rated a ninety overall in NHL twenty three. And people crying mm, about it. Time. Yeah, that's the time. time. Fucking grow up. It's a video game. The same thing they did in, in 2K. 2K22, when they announced the women were in the game, they're rating the certain level that they're at in that competition level. She's going to get like an 85 like hot card anyway. Like all you people who complain about it, I'm going to say you people, but everyone who just keeps complaining about it, just you can change the overalls yourself. Half the time, like they're broken anyway. Like half the community basically waits for this guy over here to go do it and go fix the overalls and fix everything. Like remember when we found out uh, when the sliders for like tendencies were broken and like Phil Kessel had like a three shot or whatever the fuck it was. And you're like, why is he like a three? We should have like a, like a 10 or something. Like, I mean, yeah, there were numerous players like I'm going to add to, to that thing. People were losing their shit and loving the, and putting this, they would, they, when Zidane Chara had a 99 card, people were playing him on the wing because of his insane reach so that they could yep. do those crazy moves and score goals. They had no problem doing that. So what's your mm-hmm. issue with a 90 rated woman's card in this fantasy game? Whereas in Zidane Chara can skate around like Connor McDavid. Yeah. Like you didn't have a problem with that, but uh. I mean, you know what their problem is with it. Of course. <laughs> it's just women, black yeah. women. Whoa. Crazy. Like hockey is so just lacking racist, sexist. Yes. You can say it. I'll be very yeah. honest with you. I don't give a fuck. Well, I was just going to say it. it's so behind time, like just the culture around it. I was just going to go deeper than saying, oh, it's sexist. Because because once you say that, people, a lot of people just fucking tune out. 
like because they don't want to they don't want to face the music i'd like to think uh our audience would be oh yeah ours do it don't but yeah in a general sense yeah i mean well jesus like last night for example um sue bird retired Mm -hmm. and yeah you want to look at the comments like that you know on a bleacher report post about that or something like that and yeah no it's it's a common thread of Again, just feeling the need, some people feeling the need to just constantly Try tear down whatever down. progress yeah. is being made. It's like, oh my God, like, God forbid Bleacher Report talk about the WNBA in a in a positive way as opposed to following your attitude of it's only there because the NBA saved it and it wouldn't exist otherwise. It's just... You, cool, it, it's and now it does. Let's mean. talk about it so that it can self-sustain. Like, yeah. if you're bitching about having to be bailed out, then why are you complaining about it working to a point to be self-sustaining? Like that, that that's that's the biggest tell right there. That it ain't about what they say it is. Yeah. yeah. So just I, I don't know. And though if you want to bring a conclusion to your point, but yeah, I mean you, you hit the nail on the head in terms of oh why would people complain about Sarah Nurse's rating in the game? Yeah. There's a reason for that. I mean yeah. You and some it. people might say look, Tuki, all you do is complain about ratings in the game. It's like you don't see me complaining about. That particular rating, though, do you? Because yeah, it's, they're, it's, it's appropriate. It's Based, mm-hmm. it's well, yeah, it's hot. But well, no, that rating is definitely from an offline perspective. And yeah. from an offline perspective, if you're comparing women versus women, then yeah, Sarah Nurse is a 90 overall, is one of the best women hockey players, one of the best yeah. hockey players in general in the fucking world. Because it's exactly. an offline, you can't play those teams against other teams. And if you did, then you'd have to balance it, I guess. Yep. So yeah, like and, and, and every yeah. single video game perspective, it makes sense. Yeah, and let's not act like EA balances their rosters well to begin with when they don't properly use a rating scale and like every fucking player is at least a seventy. Mm-hmm. Unless you play in like... the fucking Alsvenskin or whatever, and then yeah. it's like, ah, we don't give a fuck about you. You're your number 40. is your your overall your overall number is tied to the jersey number that you wear. There, Basically. have it. It's so stupid. Um, so yeah, the world championships took place, not nearly discussed enough. And it's, it kind of sucks because I would have liked to have, uh, at least caught the gold medal game. I mean, Canada and the U S both kind of steamrolled their way to the final, uh, <laughs> the quarterfinals, Canada, three, nothing over Sweden. Okay. The United States, 12 to one over Hungary. <laughs> How, whoa, Hungary made it to the, yeah, semis. Hungary made it there. Yeah. Good for them. Hungary made it to the knockout stage of this tournament, which is nuts. They, um, they finished over Germany and Denmark to get wow. there, which is pretty surprising in terms of what you would expect. Absolutely. Um, I didn't even know they had a national team, much less a national women's team. Like, that's and awesome. Then, for them. Yeah. And then semifinals, awesome. Canadians beat Switzerland 8-1, to and the U.S. beat Czechia 10-1. Oh, yeah. So they're still the two superpowers in that sense, and the games are always amazing when they end up playing. But I missed this one. I'm sad. Wanted to mention a apparent rule change. This comes from Scouting the Refs on Twitter. One change to the NHL rulebook for the upcoming season. Referees will now be able to nullify a major penalty after video review. Confirming the major penalty, reducing the two, and nullifying the penalty altogether are now options after video review. Shouldn't be getting too many calls wrong, huh? Yeah, (laughs) we know that. That's kind of how this bleeds. On one hand, you want to look at this as a positive. On the other, considering I watch the Premier League and stuff like that, and they still have video review, 
uh, and they still get calls wrong after video review, this is going to be a major, major topic of discussion throughout the season as the officials still get calls wrong despite video review. It's going to happen. We probably won't talk about it much as it happens because we're telling you now, in early September, this is going to happen. Like, I got really nothing to add. I had, I had to read it a couple of times. I was like, wait, didn't they already have them? Like, oh, they can just right it now completely. I was yeah. like, I was like, I guess, yeah, I guess I didn't know they couldn't do that. They could just reduce it, which is interesting. So this makes sense. It's, you know, baby steps. But again, uh, it's sure it gives the refs more tools. But every time we've seen it, the refs get more tools. They still get calls wrong. Nothing happens to them. And they never have to face the media. They never have to do any of that crap. Like, they never face to, to our knowledge any sort of disciplinary action so is there an account and endo you would know better than me mm-hmm. for you know how baseball has um like there's that twitter account something about the Ching ninja or yeah. like what no 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 so, it's uh yeah there's a, a twitter account called like ump scorecards on uh, again a twitter account called ump scorecards at ump scorecards That will end up judging the performance of an umpire on a game-to-game basis. They literally post the card after everything and tell you how consistent they are in terms of their accuracy, who their calls ended up favoring a little bit more, how accurate they are consistently compared to the average. Um, Is there something like that for the NHL? Because I, I would love to see that. I really, really uh, would. No, Probably but not. there is like there's an account called NHL Review, but it's like nine thousand followers. Like it's not affiliated at all, uh, but mm-hmm. it just like provides insight on like certain things. Uh, you know, like it'll look at like a call and be like, "Hey, that's not a bad, that's a bad call," or like you know, shit makes no sense. Uh, like when Victor Hedman uh, got clipped by Laugh Lafreniere in the playoffs, uh, in some states boards, there was no call, and like you know, there was nothing there. He's like, this makes no sense. Whatever. There's no real like big account. We don't have anything in depth like uh, like how there's in other leagues. Like I don't think hockey's gonna get to that point where we have people reviewing certain things. Like the fact that baseball has an account that is just designed to let you know. Yeah, it, that is just designed to let you know if a home run would be in every single fucking ballpark is hilarious. There's an account. It's like, oh, you know, if it, if you hit a ball in. Let's say you hit it over the green monster above in Boston. Would that be a home run in every other diamond or whatever? For example, like the right side field is super short. So if you hit a home run there, it won't be a home run. Yeah. Fucks. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It won't be like a home run here or there or ever. It's pretty cool. Fair enough. Again, I would love something like that. Granted, it's a little bit different baseball to hockey in terms of comparing, but at the end of the day, a lot more stat based too. Yes. But I would still love that hockey wise to just be like who who can we rightfully go in on is being incredibly inconsistent throughout the course of an entire season who is simply not doing a good enough job at their job let's get into talking about some of the signings because and that'll pretty much bring us to the end of the show because there was quite a bit of news that happened over the past week let's start off with the talk of the town the ottawa senators who have made another couple of a uh, couple of moves? They re-signed defenseman Eric Brandstrom, one year, nine hundred k, kind of a, a prove it deal. He's been he's been good, but not elite. I'd argue he's even underpaid. Not what um, they wanted, and when they traded he, Stone for him, another yeah, stuff, he's but, yeah. he's not quite fifteenth overall. New Eric Carlson, 
Yeah. At 23 years old. And then today they announced the re-signing of 20-year-old Tim Stutzla, third overall pick in 2020. Now he's got one more year on his ELC. So starting next season in 2023-24, eight years at $8.35 million per with a 10-team no-trade kicking in for the last four years of that contract. Holy shit. <laughs> that, much like what we kind of called out with Josh Norris, is uh, we are putting all of our eggs into this basket and hoping that you continue to become what we think you're going to become. That's a gamble. You know what? I like it, though. Because at the very least, you know what the sense of done? They've locked lost their in stars. that core. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. Yes, but why did they lose their stars in the past? They didn't lock them in long term, and they traded them in their prime because they likely weren't going to sign. Yeah. So I like this move by them, is locking in all these guys long term and having them through their, as in my opinion, the prime for NHL is now like a couple of years younger than it used to be, yes. you say. Um, I would so... I think this is I it's a gamble absolutely but I like that they're taking it same and I, same. I really do and like you know this is very much an NHL 22 move where you sign that guy for that 15% discount on that you know year before he starts getting good because you know with his medium elite or whatever he's getting up to that awesome spot it's not as good of a discount as I can get because I'm amazing. But um <laughs> this is also real life. And it's still it could be it could be a solid deal. I mean, you think in 4 years 8 million not going to be that bad. Looking a lot more like 6 right now with the new yes. TV deal and all that kind of stuff. So, if he continues on the trajectory he's on, if he produces well, I like it. No trade clauses are always iffy, but again, at the end of this contract to be 29. Yeah. <laughs> I I'd, I'd take a 29-year-old Tim Stutzla. Right? So, honestly, it's one of those things that we've talked about. It is highly unfortunate that Eugene Melnick is no longer with us. I think he did do a lot of good. And obviously, as a sports owner, maybe not the best. The problem is, though, or the... the it sucks because it makes it sound like you're talking ill of the dead. But we all know, for the most part, did it? would we expect the Sens to be where they are right now if Eugene Melnick was still at the helm of that organization. Yeah, History yeah. would say absolutely not. Yeah. And the bottom line is, Sens president today, they had a kickoff event where they announced the Stutzel signing. Uh, Anthony LeBlanc said that season ticket sales are up 60% compared they were to where they were pre-pandemic. 60%. Yeah. And again, that is off of bringing in Claude Giroux, bringing in Alex Dabrinkit, re-signing Josh Norris, re-signing uh, now, of course, Tim Stutzel. I Kishuk. mean, they... Yeah, they like, locked in I, I Brady think, Kachuk long-term, too. You know, part, of, part, part of the increase is definitely due to them stopping being a complete basement team. But at the same time, yeah, the new the new kind of people at the helm are doing a good job to keep them keep that momentum going. Yes, there's a sense of optimism surrounding yeah. the team. And, you know, they also announced today that they brought in former players, fan favorites. Chris Phillips is now the vice president of business operations for the club. Uh, and Chris Neal is also a vice president oh, or Chris is now Neal. the vice president of business and community development. And so, I hope he still goes down there on skates and teaches kids how to fight. <laughs> <laughs> like It's just that idea of the leadership of the Sens right now. We're doing everything right. 
on and off the ice. It's the idea. Because you kind of remember when, like, Daniel Alfredson was there, but Melnick's still at the helm, and that was a really weird kind of, like, soured relationship, and he left. But they're bringing club legends back in in fairly prominent roles. They're doing great things front office-wise and bringing in certain people, re-signing the young talent. It's not a surprise that season ticket sales are up, and you're talking about the idea of if that arena deal in LeBreton Flats, essentially downtown Ottawa, if that goes through, this could be the best decade from an all-around perspective that the Sens have ever had. I mean, this is honestly astonishing compared to where we were not all that long ago, where it's like, what the fuck is this team doing? You have... I mean, Eugene Melnick, what, there was the Heritage Classic that he and Pierre Dorian both looked pretty terrible on, on broadcast, the way they were kind of talking. Pierre Dorian, we're a team. Like, just how quickly, in a general sense, like, this team has kind of overcome this and gotten themselves onto a very promising track. Super exciting time for Sens fans. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, you know, with the Stutzla deal as well, I mean, again, yes, it is it is a bit much now. Like you mentioned, so it can, you know, age somewhat promisingly and not all of their young players are already on the team. <laughs> like they do still have some younger guys who are, uh, you know, potentially going to be on the come up here in, in the near future. So makes me a bit worried as a Bruins fan, but at the same time, it's like, well, I can root for the field. Good story of Ottawa while the Bruins are getting shit kicked at the bottom of the stands <laughs> once this era is over. So very good stuff for Ottawa. Across the board, no doubt about that. Another Atlantic Division team making moves. Montreal. After acquiring Kirby Doc at the draft, they have re-signed him on a, I believe, four-year deal. Yeah, four-year deal at $3.365 million for the 21-year-old Kirby Doc. They were able to do this after essentially, officially putting Gary Price on LTIR. The contract does put them over the off-season cap and 10% above the regular season cap, meaning they are going to have to make more moves, um, whether that be, I know some people were debating whether or not like Paul Byron would end up LTIR'd, and that would certainly cover uh, what they need to do. Uh, not a bad deal for Kirby Doc. I mean, he's proven he can be a you know approaching 30-point guy if he can stay healthy, but that's obviously been, again, his big issue so far in his career is he hasn't really been able to stay all that healthy and hasn't taken that next step up, but I don't hate this for the Habs. It is funny though, to see them knowing that they're going to be shit, but they're also so pressed to the cap because of some of these contracts. Yep. But I would say like, you know, you look at their roster and Evgeny Dadnoff, 5 million. That's a, that's a trade mm-hmm. deadline move for like a third round pick. Yeah. Um, they, they have options. They have options moving forward. I think, again, much like Ottawa. Now, granted, obviously, the fan base, I don't think, was ever at the point where their owner was having to defend tarping off parts of the parts of the arena. <laughs> it's just actively saying, well, we can't sell these seats, so I'm not even going to show them on camera as empty seats. Um, but Montreal's had a big turnaround, too. You know, in recent months, again, bringing in Kent Hughes as GM and obviously just the front office changes there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, again, my main takeaway as a Bruins fan is it it is interesting to see some of these teams that were in a rough spot less than a year ago where you're like, what the fuck's going on here? 
and they are both on much more positive paths moving forward. Yeah. Speaking of positive paths. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> kind of. The last episode of this show, we went in uh, pretty hard on the Dallas Stars owner, Tom Gillardi. Yeah. I would say rightfully so. The very next day, they did manage to sign Jake Ottinger, which again, he had released a statement essentially, or there was an interview where he essentially talked about not wanting to pay younger guys after the expiring of their ELC because uh, they deserve it type of thing. And I hate to say it, but the fucking guy got what he wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Jake Ottinger signs three years, $4 million per, which that's that's a pretty damn good deal for Jake Ottinger uh, from it a sense. Yeah. If, if he does what he does. like, But I never, I mean, yeah, I never ever want to sign a goalie for like more than like four years. <laughs> like that's my personal preference at this point because, man, those contracts can go south quickly. Fair. So. Um, but yeah, the price tag's really good for three. If, if that was two years at four mil, I could understand it for Jake, but yeah, the extra year is kind of, kind of good for, for Dallas, especially if he plays close to what he's played like. And the he's stars RFA after that still. I can double check that. And according to cap friendly, yes, he would be, he still would wow. be an RFA at the end of it. So I, wow. that again, like, yeah, you look at that deal yeah, and it's like, good. fuck Dallas did that's good. Dallas did better there than they should have, especially given those public comments. Yep. They do still have to re-sign Jason Robertson, though. They have $6.3 million of projected cap space right now, according to Cap Friendly. But a reminder of Jason Robertson, my favorite non-Bruin in the league right now. He has 125 points in 128 career games so far as a star. <laughs> Point per game. On the Stars, too, who are not a very offensive team. Let's, yeah, let, let's look into that a little bit here, shall we? Let, let's talk about the Stars while Jason Robertson's been there, which has really just been over the last two seasons. So 2021 yeah. and obviously 21-22. So in his first season, 2021, the Dallas Stars, in terms of goals four, which is not the best of the bunch... Uh, we're we're mid table. They finished with 158 goals as a team. Colorado had 197. You know they were mid table towards the yeah. bottom half. Then this past season, uh, for the Stars, they were in about the same spot. <laughs> Where the hell even are they on this list? Where the hell are the Dallas Stars at this point? 21st. So. With a 40-goal yeah. score. With Pavelski Eight, getting, like, 30. To count it, 18th and 21st in terms of total goals for as a team in his time there. While, at the same time, the owner is consistently calling out Ben and Sagan for not doing good enough. Yeah. He is either going to take an incredibly team-friendly bridge deal or something's got to give because mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but... I know He's 23, but... Man, if Tim Stutzel's getting the money he's getting. Yeah. If um, Josh Norris, granted he is a center, but if Norris is getting the money he's getting, you get Jason Robertson for under $6 million, I mean, 
Christ, you, you should go to jail. <laughs> like, that's a crime. That's yeah, a crime honestly, to pay that guy that signs, If he signs for the amount that they have left, it's one or two, two years max. Like, I would say one year um, is all I would take, you know, that for to be to be a G for the team. But, man, uh, that's, yeah. We'll see what happens. They're a team with a lot of expiring contracts at the end of the upcoming season. So uh, including your bridge. Yeah. Yeah. I, if I'm him and they're saying, hey, we need you to take six or less. It's a one year deal. And the next year you're paying me eight, nine million. Yeah. Especially if I especially if I perform the same way. So yep. I'm very intrigued to see what happens there because Dallas. I again, the owner, I'm sorry, like it worked out with signing Ottinger. But that whole idea of, like, oh, we shouldn't have to pay young guys as much once they're off of their ELCs. I don't think you want to rock the boat and screw up a relationship with Jason Robertson, who um, nope. is the best player on your team right now. And the best you asked me to the NHL too. You asked. There you go. <laughs> Suck it, Toronto. Um, <laughs> you ask me like, what's the who's the one guy you're taking off of this Stars roster? Like, I like Mira Haskinen a lot. It's Jason Robertson, hands down. Over Ottinger, over Haskinen, I'm taking Jason Robertson. No doubt in my Ooh, mind. Man. That would be tough for me because I really love Miro. I think he's one of the most underrated defensemen in the league. But yeah, he is very, very take, good. You got to take out. Yeah, you probably still have to take Robertson, especially if he signs for five, six million. <laughs> I will say Haskinen's on year two of an eight year deal at just under eight and a half million, which again, if the cap keeps going up, that's going to look pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. But you have a guy who. At 22 years old, he turned 23 in July. At 22 years old, scored 41 goals in 74 games at the NHL level. It's crazy. I I risk the house for that guy, you know? <laughs> like, that's, that's the bet that you take. The Edmonton Oilers finally acquired the prince that was promised. Ryan Murray signs a one-year deal with the Oilers. A decade later, he finally goes to where he should have been the whole time and to where the Oilers' front office staff at the time wanted him to go. That is the infamous story from the 2012 draft, is that front office wanted to take Ryan Murray, and uh, Daryl Cates, the owner of the Oilers, said, nope, we're taking Nail Yakupov. Yikes. That's why you don't let owners do- Oh, my God. Yep. And Oilers fans, correct me if I'm wrong, that's the way I've always heard the story, and it certainly sounds like a Daryl Cates story. Um... At the same time, like I can understand the owner being like, take Yakupov, because obviously like he, he did look that promising. Um, at the same time, what are you hiring scouts for if you're just going to look at a player at face value as opposed to someone like Ryan Murray, which, look, Ryan Murray was never like the elite number one defenseman, but he would have been a Chris Phillips, a number one overall pick where it's like, okay, hindsight, that's not the type of talent you want to take as the number one overall pick. But if Ryan Murray had been able to stay healthy, would he be a Chris Phillips and Eric Johnson? Yes. Unfortunately for him, he just hasn't been able to stay healthy throughout his career. But that 2012 draft, man, Yakupov first, Murray to Columbus, Galchenyuk to Montreal, which it's still weird to me how that worked out. Wait, he went to Montreal. Oh, I thought. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, sorry. He went to Montreal, Montreal and then came back, didn't he? Montreal, Arizona, Pittsburgh, Minnesota, Ottawa, Toronto, Arizona this past year. 
Oh, I thought he went back to Montreal once. I guess not. Do you guys remember who was fourth in that 2012 draft? Absolutely not. Oregon, right? No. No. Defenseman for the New York Islanders. 28 years old. Retired at this stage. Uh, what? Played for the Belfast Giants of the EIHL this past season. Nope. Griffin Reinhardt. Oh, oh my gr- God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very next. The Oilers traded for his ass. <laughs> the next picks, by the way, were Morgan Riley, Hampus yeah. Lindholm, Matt Dumba, Derek Pouliot, and, and then Jacob Truba. <laughs> like that. Truba. Jacob Truba. Uh, you, uh, you hit the nail on the head when you called that 2012 draft a minefield. That is one of the most interesting ones to go back and look at. Holy Featuring shit. Tomas Hurdle going 17th overall to the fact- what was it? Oh three, oh four draft was like the top of the mountain. That had to be ugh. Or was it? Yeah, the two thousand three draft is up yeah. there as one of the best ever. Twenty fifteen has gotten there too. In a lot of people's mind, but yeah, twenty twelve. It's like for your Andre Vasilevskis, Philip Forsbergs, Tom Wilsons. Um, you have uh, you have Jordan Schmaltz, <laughs> Henrik Samuelson. Ugh. Stefan Matteau, like that. That was a yeah, yeah. A not 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 the one on the sharks. <laughs> from not the Matteau, 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 but his son. Where it was more of a yeah. Matt no, Matt no, Matt no. Our final talking point. Speaking of circuses, uh, the Vancouver Canucks. Okay, yeah, go ahead. They re-signed J.T. Miller after over a year of. Are they going to trade him? Are they not going to trade him? He is still going to make $5.25 million for the upcoming season, which means at the age 30, 2023-2024 season, he has a new extension kicking in seven years, $8 million per, with a no-movement clause for the duration of the contract, meaning he cannot be sent down, and a 15-team no-trade list that kicks in for the final three years of the deal. Yeah, uh, for those who aren't watching the video feed, I kind of had the initial reaction uh, ascended when I when I heard about this deal. Now, JT Miller is a pretty freaking good player. By his own admission in an interview, he needs to get better defensively. He is coming off of a career best season. Do either of you know, without having looked at it, and if you did, let me know, do you know what his stat line was from this past season? JT Miller? 75 points, right? He had like he, had, he was over a point per game. Oh yeah, might have been, huh? He was like ninety was points, ninety points or something like that in the eighty-two games. So prior to this year, his best season was his first season in Vancouver. He had seventy-two points in sixty-nine games. Nice. Last year, as in twenty twenty-one, fifty-three games, forty-six points. So again, a little bit over point out. per game, a little bit under. This past season in Vancouver, eighty games. 99 points. Wow. Yeah. With 32 goals. Bruce, there he is. There. That's all it was. I guess, you know, the only the only risky thing about this to me is like, yeah, he's established. You could probably count on him to at least be consistent for a few years. But, yeah, it's that term, man. I know just how those those contracts can start to look after 30. 
That's how I. That's why I wanted to save this for last because I wanted yeah. your opinion as a Sharks fan because this is a very San Jose Sharks contract, at least in the Wilson era. And here's the issue with it. The, the, and the only reason I'll give the Sharks some leeway is that the Canucks haven't had nearly the amount of success the Sharks had before they signed those contracts. Right. Like the Sharks weren't like, "Here's our window. Take your money. Take your term. This is our time." It didn't work. That's what happens, and it looks shit now. But that's it's it is what it is. Where's that? Where's that recent? Maybe we got it for the Canucks. They've missed the playoffs the last what three years? Maybe they bu- got in the bubble. Yes, I can. They were they did do well in the bubble, from what I recall from Thatcher Demko. So looking at a list of their most recent seasons, uh, they have not qualified for the playoffs the last two years. In nineteen twenty, in the bubble. They beat Minnesota in the qualifying round, St. Louis in round one, and then lost to the Golden Knights in seven in round two. But that has been their only playoff appearance since 2015 when they lost to the Flames in round one. So they have two playoff appearances since 2013-14. Yeah, it's just really risky. And for a lot of reasons, like it's a contract you give, like I said, to like, hey, here's our window. And And I think that's... I think that's the the game plan now, right? Like instead of trading JT Miller for whatever features, because <laughs> this this shouts as like, no, we're 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 starting a window. We're in a window right now. Um, you know, this off season they re-signed Miller. They re-signed Brock Besser three years at six six five. Uh, Horvat's deal is up at the end of next year, which is a little bit mm-hmm. concerning. But this screams we're going for it. Um. They do have some cap that they need to figure out. Depends on if someone's going on LTIR or not, but they're basically OEL. up against it. Uh, and actually, Michael Furlan's LTIR hasn't kicked in. So they're, they're okay. Like, they're cap compliant. Um, their projected depth chart on cap friendly. Now, again, this JT Miller signing screams, we're, we're in it. This, and again, don't shoot the messenger. Uh, this, honest, this honestly hasn't been updated since August 19th. Uh, on cap friendly, but presumably uh, top line Pearson, JT Miller, Connor Garland. I don't know if that'll actually be their top line, but you also round out the top six, presumably with Elias Pedersen, Bo Horvat and Brock Besser. Now maybe Pearson drops down to the third line. You bump up Billy and Mikheyev, vastly pulled Colson. They have Jason Dickinson there. I don't think that's the worst top nine in the world. And you know, Nils Hoaglander's still there. They signed Andre Kuzmenko from the KHL, who was impressive, but you bring over a 26-year-old from the KHL, and who the fuck knows what you're going to get. Also signed Curtis Lazar. I do think they have a pretty damn good forward core. I don't know if it's necessarily elite, if it's you know exactly what you would want, but could I envision that forward core competing and doing some damage in the playoffs? Yes. But then we get to their defense. Oliver Ekman Larson, Tyler Myers. By the way, OEL uh, at seven point two six million for a cap hit. Tyler Myers at six million. Mm-hmm. Quinn Hughes and Luke Shen, Travis Dermott, Kyle Burrows, Jack Rathbone, Tucker Pullman. A lot of sevens yeah. in there. <laughs> There's a lot of seventh defensemen in there, I'd say. Yeah. A lot of sixes at best. And then Thatcher Demko and goal, obviously. You're willing to bet on him at this point. 
I I don't know. You re-sign JT Miller. It's clearly a, a statement of intent. But can your forward core and that goaltending tandem, yeah, is that enough to overcome what on paper? I don't know for sure. And again, as always, we'll look last year. I thought fucking Seattle would be great because on paper they look great. And that was a disaster. But when we eventually get into our season previews about what the standings could look like in that Pacific division, do I expect to have Vancouver in the top three to four in terms of that defense core? Maybe. (laughs) But it would be a bit of a surprise. The advantage is that Pacific Division right now is a bit of a shit show. Yeah. So it does lead me to saying, hey, I'm excited for yeah. what the what the Pacific Division could be. And I think it's exciting for Canucks fans, which, again, I've always said it now for over 10 years now. Nothing against Canucks fans. Had it been a different team in 2011, I would have been rooting for you to win that cup. But I still see them as, like, second-round exit to one of the favorites in the West. And I'm sure they're hoping for better than that. But that is it. That is the news for the week. Everything going on, like we said, whether you hear about it or don't, like the women's tournament, which is, again, a damn shame. We will be back next week, which I think is our... One of our final, if not our outright final, one-a-week amount of episodes. I'm not sure. Again, the NHL season starts, uh, at least preseason games start, on September 24th. So I think we're likely to stay at one a week up until the beginning of the regular season, or at least close to it. Um, Regular season begins on the, oh my god, wow, October 7th. Season opener. Only game, Sharks and Preds, uh, the overseas games, I believe, because they play on back-to-back days, 2 p.m. starts. So October 7th. I believe so, yeah. I don't remember where those are starting. Uh, First one's at the O2 Arena. That's an interesting place to have it. In in Czech, yeah, in Prague, at that O2 Arena, not the UK O2 Arena. Back-to-back days at the the O2 Arena in in, uh, Czechia. Yeah, so... Oh, hurdles, gonna, yeah. oh, hurdles gonna show everyone around. It's gonna be awesome. They better have some cool videos of that. So, from the looks of it, then we will begin probably our first. I think right at the beginning of beginning of October. So September, I think we're sticking it at one a week. But uh, hopefully, again, we still have a decent amount to talk about as we get close to the training camp and stuff like that sure. starting up very soon. For now, though, I'll, I'll throw it over to Mister Endo Mills. What do you have going on, buddy? Actually, I got a question. Um, I was going to say, um, are the NHL teams going to be playing against the, uh, the Europe teams or do they stop that? Because, um, Chicago almost lost to, um, uh, <laughs> well, I can't remember who they played, but they, they did not do good that game. I think they stopped it at least on NHL.com. That did not appear to be a okay. scheduled thing. I just pulled up O2 Arena right now. Sharks and Predators will start the basic part of the 2022-23 season with mutual matches in Prague at the O2 Arena on Friday, 7th October and Saturday, 8th October. Avalanche and Blue Jackets will compete their two regular season matches at Finland's Nokia Arena. That thing's not going oh, okay. 
in Tampere on uh, Friday, 4th November, and, fr- and Saturday, 5th November. Before Wait, matches in Prague. Ooh, yeah, mid-season? So, they're going over to Finland, huh? November, yeah. Ooh, uh, cool. Avalanche and Enjoy, Blue boys. Yeah. Uh, before <laughs> the matches in Prague, the Predators and Sharks will compete their training camps in Europe. Wow. Training camp in Europe? Where'd you say? Oh, so so they're in Tampere. I thought, okay. Yeah. yeah. And each of them will play an exhibition match within the NHL Global Series Challenge 2022. The Predators will report to Bern, Switzerland, and on October, Monday, October 3rd, the Sharks will play an exhibition match in Berlin, Germany against Iserbar and Berlin at the Mercedes-Benz Arena. So there are a lot of overseas games is what you're telling us. Yeah, so they're so basically Preds are playing HC Burn and the Sharks are playing against uh, uh, East Bonn Berlin. Oh, we're gonna get uh, the German League. Yeah. <laughs> gonna get worked. <laughs> All right, let's see. Right now, really, Timo quickly. Meyer gets to play for the Germans because he speaks the language. <laughs> I need to look at who alone. was on. Who was on that team that we would know? Uh, right now, current roster for uh, Berlin in the DEL. Features goaltenders, okay, nobody major. Prospects, Juha Markinen of the Kings, Nikita Quap of the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Defensively notable names, Brendan Gooley hey! of the Ducks. I remember him. Uh, Julian Melchiori, formerly of the Winnipeg Jets. Offensively, everyone's favorite Twitter follow, Zach Boychuk. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, former Ducks, Giovanni Fiore, Marcel Nobles was in the NHL for a bit. Peter Reagan, Sens legend. Bull. Yannick Veiu, uh, yeah, you, you won't get worked. You'll, Sharks will at least beat that team <laughs> if they don't. Oof. Eh. Oof. Um, yeah. So, end yeah. up, what do you got going on here as we bring the show to an end? Hi, my name's Endo. And I stream hockey sometimes, and I talk hockey very little. Um, yeah, that's what I do. Um, you can catch me on stream tomorrow, actually. Well, probably today when you hear this. Uh, like 12, maybe like 9, 10 a.m. Just playing be a pro because I hate myself. And uh, because I haven't really found anything else I want to play. Uh, because, I don't know, man. Like, that's me. That's what I do. I might do other stuff regarding hockey on YouTube stuff, but yeah, that's me. That's what I do. That's me. Sin, what you got going yes. on, friend? Um, yeah, a lot of stuff playing Warhammer on my channel. So go check that out if you want to see me be nerd out and be extremely, extremely passionate about something. That's the place to find it. And I'll be starting a uh, draft to glory series. Uh, this hey. hopefully Friday. Anyway, sometime this weekend, I'll be launching that as I need to get the team set up and whatnot that'll be my last franchise mode of uh, nhl 22 for those of you missing nhl franchise mode from me go support someone like sin i uh i'm still in that weird spot of like finally after like six seven years on youtube of just like burned out on nhl franchise and while the while the series i did have going are interesting um the motivation's just not there. So I'm hoping that recharging the batteries for the start of 23 will get me back to where I want to be. So go support the boys as you do. I'm still doing stuff, though. We're streaming every single night. Of course, the second channel has a lot of franchise stuff up. NCAA Basketball, Madden 23, stuff like that. A lot of Madden content on that channel in the meantime. Um, Yeah, for now. 
until next week, we'll see you. Thank you again for listening to the Tukey's Take podcast. Big shout out to Manscaped. Go to get check out 20% off free shipping. And I'm, yeah, enjoy these moments on the podcast because uh, the Bruins are going to suck after this upcoming season. And uh, depending on how long this show sticks around, I'm going to be a sad, sad boy.